0: Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Listeners, welcome back to Enterprising Podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome today, Justin Crodel. After fulfilling a lifelong dream of being a stockbroker, Justin quit the finance industry to chase another dream. That's owning a watch brand. Five years later, he says confidently he is two for two in terms of dream fulfillment. Today, in addition to being the co-owner and partner of Monto Watches, he's also a proud member of the ownership team of a sports bar franchise in St. Louis, Missouri, the Post Sports Bar and Grill. Justin, welcome to Enterprising.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Lana, and thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Well, I'm delighted. What I'd love for you to do is, is tell our listeners a little bit about you and these these dreams that you're fulfilling. Tell us a little bit about Monta Watches.
1: Gosh, I could go on all day, all night into next week, but uh, suffice to say, I'm just lucky enough to be living the dream and doing what I love. My personal motto is to do cool stuff and have fun doing it. It's been that way since I was a kid, whether it was finance, which I thought was really cool and I did have a lot of fun with it, but following my passion for watches. And then as you mentioned, the post is just uh, you know my my side hustle, if you will, but it's been going on for a long time. And the resounding theme with all of these things is I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with the right people. And that's been my my key to success.
0: I, of course, love that because that's all about relationships. So let's dig into that a little bit, you know, as, as someone who has changed careers, and by the way, I can relate to that, what networking activities have benefited you and, and specifically what are the activities that bring you into contact with meaningful connections?
1: Sure. So I'll break that into personal and professional, um, which, you know, to me are, are basically equals in terms of the professional happiness, the personal happiness. From a professional standpoint, this got really prominent and loud last year during the pandemic because I turned everything to social media, which is where Monta as a brand has excelled anyway. But I started doing Instagram live videos, I started posting numerous times a day, really engaging and commenting with customers and fans. And then that also kind of dovetailed into a lot more text messaging, direct messaging, in mail, email. And, like I said, it was mostly a result of the pandemic, but but for me, that's where I, I really excel. I have a pretty good memory for people's names and what they're doing and what they're about. So so leverage that. Similarly, on a personal standpoint, I'm a big texter. Like my wife is always astonished at how many text messages I send and receive throughout the day. But it's also very efficient. So it worked well. And then I still squeeze in a few phone calls or uh, uh, video chats here and there. But I think when you when you sum all that up, and I was thinking about this is that, I love seeing people win and succeed. And so what I do is when I see somebody doing doing well, or I see something on LinkedIn, if I know them personally, I'll send them a text, I'll send them an email, or if it's a really big thing, I'll give them a phone call. Because I just love doing that for people, seeing what they've accomplished and, and a job well done. And that positive reinforcement is critical in the networking, because if you're out there doing that, people feed off that, that's going to come back to you. And you're always going to be thought of in a positive way.
0: Well, oh my gosh, that's, that's just so great. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is how you make your connections mutually beneficial and and how you give back and show that mutual appreciation. And I think you've just told us, I mean, are there, are there specific instances or examples that you can share on, you know, how you even discover kind of the, the, the wins of your connections and, and how you acknowledge those wins to them?
1: Yeah, it's again. I go back to social media. I'm a fan. It's it's how I make my living now. So um, even on my personal account, you know, posting about my daughter's birthday or posting about you know a promotion for for somebody or whatever it may be, I like engaging with that and, and and reminding people. And you know, like the old Jerry Maguire quote: "It's a cynical world." And gosh, right now, what we've all been going through, and and everybody's been touched by it somehow. The power of positivity is just needed more now than ever. And I've always been a very optimistic, positive type of person, but I feel like I've been trying to you know, turn that into overdrive here lately. And I've seen multiple people who are going through tough times. I actually just got a text message about half an hour ago from a customer who's going through some really tough medical stuff. And I noticed that he hadn't posted on Instagram in a month. So I just reached out and said, hey, what's going on? And he's like, wow. He goes, you know, thanks for thinking of me. And then he laid that on me. And he goes, I don't mean to share too much. And he goes, but I'm really touched that you reached out. And I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm here for you. If you want to talk, whatever it is, I've, I know a lot of people, if you need a referral for something, let me see if I can help you. My fraternity in college had a, a, a motto that was give expecting nothing thereof. Mm-hmm. That just kind of stuck with me. So I've always embraced that and then really, really turned it up here lately.
0: That's really wonderful and and unique. You know, I myself sometimes get on a soapbox about the fact that at least in this country we have a tendency to compartmentalize our lives. We have a a home life, we have a work life, and we have a community life. And in many cases, nary the twain shall meet. We we keep those lives very discreet and separate from one another. And I've never quite understood that because I I hope for myself that I'm not a different person who steps outside my front door when I leave my house in the morning. So. It sounds to me that you've done really a masterful job of of bringing together those lives and and your ability to bridge the personal and the professional, and that that it seems not only meaningful to you personally and professionally, but that your connections have noticed that as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I try to be the same person every day, and what you see is what you get. Be an open book, and I think you know the harder you work, the luckier you get, and if you combine that with just genuine, raw truth, I think you'll do really well. You can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Really nice. For you, when you made a break from a career in finance, which I, I also did myself, to a career in a luxury consumer product, how did your network react? What what did people say to you? Were, were people supportive? If so, how? And then sort of in kind, how do you show your own support to others when they're making career changes?
1: Yeah, great question. And the responses, the answers were all over the board from like, are you having a quarter-life, midlife crisis? What are you doing? You're crazy. You've got a good thing going, just general bewilderment. And then you had the opposite end of the spectrum, people like jumping out of their chair. I have a, a very good friend of mine who like the moment I opened up the idea, he just said, do it. I mean, I, did, I didn't get to explain it fully. And he told me a story of something he went through and how he kind of regretted not doing The path he could have taken and he goes this is your chance you have to do this so i wrote a an article on linkedin you may have seen about this the process i went through and kind of reminding myself every day of why i'm doing this and i'm a big fan of quotes as you may have noticed and so i arrived at one myself and that is that the pain of regret is greater than the pain of failure and i just kept saying that to myself over and over and over again and i knew that if i didn't do this and i saw my now business partner do it by himself and see the success that I knew he would attain I was going to be like man that I, it could have been you know me and him doing this together and uh, and now that it's it's easy to say now 5 years later that it's all worked out and it's come true but yeah what a just a, a whirlwind thing to go through and I think throughout my career I've I've been able to surprise myself over and over again whether it was in finance and like I'll never be able to pass the certified financial planner test and somehow I did it Wow I surprised myself and I would never quit to go chase a watch brand boom surprise yourself and so continuing to do that
0: well you know just just for the record i'm I'm a monta fan myself and so as soon as uh, you have the women's version of uh, the Atlas or the noble designs in opaline silver dial, think of me there you go yeah for sure no, I, I think that's that's pretty cool.
1: So I, I think the Opal and Noble is ready for you right now. Two reasons. Men's watches are going a little bit smaller in size, where women's watches are going bigger. There's a trend. So there's this nice intersection. The Noble falls at 38.5 millimeters, perfect size. My wife wears it. Several friends' wives wear it. And then the other thing, I heard somebody say this the other day, I can't take credit for it, but they said, you don't go to the car dealership and say, where are the women's cars, Right you know, you don't say where are the men's cars. It's just, you shop for a car. I think the exact same thing applies. You shop for a watch. You know, if, if you're a woman and you want the big jacked up four by four pickup truck, great, go get it. You know, same thing. If, um, if you want the 30 and millimeter noble, come and get it.
0: Of course, you know, <laughs> I think that's fabulous. So count me in. I think that's, <laughs> right. I think that's so great. I want to continue talking about Monta watches, but I want to, I want to sort of bring it back to this notion of relationships I just think that the Monta Watch philosophy is remarkable. And and in particular, my understanding is that you say it's about creating something valuable, lasting, and precise. And you also say that your products have perfect finishing, but are never finished. So can you apply these concepts to relationship building? And if so, what has this meant for you?
1: Yeah, just the constant pursuit of always doing better, always doing more. I love meeting new people and not knowing the excitement of not knowing what's going to happen, who they are, what they're about, how they're going to impact your life, whether it's personal or professional. I think the, the watch industry in general, and from where we sit as an independent micro brand is a smaller brand, that we have customers of all walks of life. And I've met people literally all over the world. I was just in Switzerland three weeks ago and was meeting with manufacturing partners and meeting new manufacturing partners. and you know, some of these men and women, you have one meeting and, and that's it, you know, but other ones, for some reason, you hit it off and you exchange numbers and then you start texting and emailing. And the next time you're in their city or they're in your city, you get together. And for me, that's what I love the most about about networking, but also with the watch industry is combining those two aspects and making genuine friends that I otherwise never would have met in this world. And you have this instant bond over watches, and so um, you can strike up a conversation with a stranger about their watch, and obviously I have a very easy way in to say, "Oh, well, I, you know, I have a own a small Swiss brand, and here's what we do." And it's I'm kind of shameless when it comes to that, which I don't mind. Sometimes the conversation ensues. Sometimes it's short, but got to take your chance, and you never know who you're going to meet.
0: Love that. That's just that's just so great, Justin. It, it seems that in fact, I mean, sort of along those lines, you're concurrently pursuing several different interests and passions, things that that are important to you. And that includes watches to convening people in your sports bars. So how have these various concepts supported one another? I mean, especially from a relationship and network building perspective, uh, watches to convening people, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. It's funny when I meet people and they ask what I do. If I'm in a kind of a spunky mood, I say Swiss watches and sports bars. And then they usually scratch their head. And I say, you've never met anybody that said that before, surely. But the way the two have intertwined is, you know, it's, it's pretty simple in the sense that it's a great place to entertain at your own restaurant because you know, you're going to get good service. And then obviously I pick up the check. So, and then, (laughs) but you know, the other way around, I guess, you know, I've, I've done some charity auctions where we'll do a watch or we'll do like a fantasy football draft party at the post, not necessarily like a package deal, but side by side. And I've also had the ability now to leverage some of my manufacturers from the watch industry, which is very basic things like printing or boxes or something like that for the sports bar. Uh, we actually just recently needed to reorder a bunch of our plastic twenty two ounce cups and uh, reached out to someone I knew that knew someone in that industry, and made the connection. I don't know if we have a deal yet, but we're working on pricing just to see where it comes out. Back to that mentality of you never know who you're gonna meet and how they're gonna gonna intertwine. The real shining moment for me will be someday soon when I'm at the post and I see somebody wearing a manta, and I can go over and introduce myself and uh, and buy their their lunch or their drink and thank them for for supporting both of my businesses.
0: That's very cool. Very cool. And, and, you know, what's great about it is that you really can bridge that divide, that they're not so different, that there's a human aspect to both, you know, especially in today's, such we're in such a polarized time, polarized world, that these are two very cool, very non-political, non-biased areas that you can bring people together. So I think that's pretty special.
1: Yeah. And, and focus on the quality too, you know, everything we do at both businesses probably more so with the watches, you know, as as I say, there is the perfect watch doesn't exist, but an excellent watch does. And kind of similar in the, in the restaurant industry, you know, things are going to happen. Employee has a bad day and, you know, your, your burger is overcooked or your, your drink is warm or whatever it is, but it's all about how you respond and, and make it right and take care of the customer.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. Tell us a little bit about an interaction that you've had with someone personally or professionally, somebody who has had a, a meaningful impact on your life?
1: So this is a great one. Thank you for asking that. And this is a, a very easy one for me, because it's my business partner, Michael Martini, And I wouldn't be sitting here, you know, with without him. And the way we met is talk about taking me back to my finance days and really embracing networking and trying to win new business and bring in clients. I thought of a creative way to kind of marry my work and my passion with watches. I created a, a basically a networking group of what I call watch nerds. And I reached out to seven or eight of my friends who I knew how to watch and had some interest. And said, let's meet once a month at a local restaurant or club or bar or whatever, and, and talk watches. And the conversation will turn to other things, of course, sports, travel, cars, vacations, whatever. So I started this, didn't go very well at first, but it progressed. And then at that same time, I bought a black rubber strap from Everest, which is Mike's other company, his other business for my Rolex and had no idea the company was based in St. Louis. He reaches out to me because he sees the order come in from a St. Louis address and says, Hey, we should get together. So we do. I tell him about my little watch group, which he of course is adamant about getting involved in because it's all of his customer base. And over the next several months, we just start hitting it off and we grab coffee together. We grab lunch together. I see him every month at my little watch meetup. And then he starts opening up about his idea for Manta with me. And then that leads to, Hey, you should, you should quit your job at Morgan Stanley and come do this with me. And it was kind of this joke, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's really funny. That would be <laughs> That would be great. But you know, I've got a good thing going here. And so long story short, everyone knows how this ended. He convinced me to do it. And I think back that if I had not, taken the initiative to be like, I want to get together with some fellow like-minded watch people. He and I probably never would have met and wouldn't be sitting here as you know the proud owner of a watch brand having this conversation with you. So I have a, obviously your listeners won't be able to see this, but behind me, I have these posters in my office and one of them says, take the risk or lose the chance. And that's that sums it up. Got to take the risk.
0: I-, I think that's neat. The other thing though, is that you were both open to the notion of the connection right that the, you 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 didn't know where it would lead but you know we call it a risk and i think for many people it does feel risky but kind of what's the worst thing that could happen in terms of a networking interaction if if you hate each other never see each other again but you obviously hit yeah. it off and and i have yep. to ask is is your watch group still meeting every month
1: they are. I'm very proud of that too. It's grown tremendously. This was, you know, eight years ago I started this oh, thing. Oh,
0: wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. W- once I got in the business, the watch business, of course, to avoid conflict of interest, I handed it over to another guy who's really passionate about it. And he's done a great job growing it. And and I still go to him every now and then. I don't want to be at every one, you know, like, oh, here comes the guy who owns the watch brand who wants <laughs> to talk to us. So <laughs> I show up randomly and I usually will actually bring a non-monta watch with me. So I'm so I'm contributing to cool. the Cool.
0: That's good. Yeah. It's funny. I I have a pal who is a, you call him a watch nerd. I I would have said a watch aficionado. I'm not sure he might be both, but I mean, on the side, he, he buys these, you know, grand old watches and he takes them apart with the dream of putting them back together. So I I think it's, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if he lived in St. Louis, I'd send him to you. So that's a definitely, (laughs) he could be part of your
1: watch club. Yeah. Anybody listening, if they want to get involved, reach out to me. We'd love to have more uh, dedicated members.
0: Very cool. In terms of of somebody who is seeking advice from you about how to grow or cultivate their own professional network, what would you tell them?
1: I think what you've just heard from me is always do it for the right reasons and don't be selfish. Don't be what's in it for me. Do your research, you know, know, know what's going on around you. The story I like to tell with this one is When I was in finance, every Friday, I would take the St. Louis Business Journal to my local favorite little sandwich shop and go through it. I wanted to know what's going on, who's moving, who's shaking. And St. Louis is small enough that you'll see these people out and about at a restaurant, at the grocery store, at church, whatever it is. And it used to drive my wife crazy, but I'd just walk up and if there was somebody I wanted to meet, I'd introduce myself. And I think the key there for your listeners is do that tactfully. You know, you got to be. Forthright and genuine. Don't be shy. Dare I say weird? You know, you want to yeah. come at it with with the right type of situation. And I think if if you're respectful and you're enthusiastic, people respect that and and they're open to it. You know, they, they're not going to sit there and talk with you for an hour. But you know, if you see a CEO and say, "Hello, Mister So and So, my name is Justin Crodle, and I read an article about what you did in the Business Journal last week, and I think it's amazing you guys have been able to grow profits." Blah 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 blah. You know, I always have my business card and I'd give them my card and say, if you ever want to grab coffee, I'd love to hear more about your story. People like that. You know, they wanna they wanna they wanna tell their story, they wanna meet new people, they wanna dispense some advice when they have advice to give.
0: Yeah. Well and and as you've approached people in coffee shops, has anybody ever told you to get lost? I'm guessing not. Not
1: not get lost because I think I have enough, you know, couth to my strategy. But you can tell when people are like, you know, thank you, thank you.
0: Yeah, you I'm, I'm with
1: my, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with I'm with my wife and kids, or I'm just trying to have a quiet moment, and that's why I mean you you have to respect that too. But um, you know, again, take take the risk or lose the chance.
0: Yeah, love it, love it. I always ask a, this fun question, so I can't wait for your answer. But if you could meet with anyone for a cup of coffee, a living dead, fictional, non-fictional, who would it be and why?
1: So this is a tough one for me. I, right now, I should probably say. Is this like living or dead type of thing, right? Yeah, anyone. So I I should say Abraham Lincoln or Winston Churchill or somebody like that, given what's going on all all around us in the world. But I'm going to throw a wild one out here. And this is probably somebody you don't know. Maybe a lot of your listeners don't know. And that's Michael Saylor. And he's the CEO of a company called MicroStrategy Group. And the reason why I would like to meet him is because my finance background started creeping back in during the pandemic. And I became obsessed with cryptocurrencies, particularly Bitcoin. And he is kind of the leader in the space, far and away as as the CEO of a publicly traded company of embracing it on his balance sheet and giving talks and very active on Twitter. And so naturally, I'm, I'm just fascinated by his take on that. But also, I'm blown away more than anything with his conviction to do something that most people say is crazy and so audacious, too audacious. But he's had so much success with it, and I know it's still early. I don't know. He's probably like in his late fifties, early sixties. I just want to absorb with a sponge as much as I can about his his conviction. That's the word I keep coming back to because if you're you have that much much conviction about something, that just sheer feeling of being unstoppable. I think. When harnessed the right way is is a very powerful tool of business.
0: Okay, that's very cool. And yeah, nobody nobody has said Michael Saylor yet. So I'm pretty excited <laughs> yeah. about that one. Had you, had you heard of him before this? Yes, I have, because I know MicroStrategy, but that's uh, but but you're right, probably a lot of people haven't. And that notion of conviction, it's definitely one to consider because when people, when you can sort of see their passion and it comes through in the things they're talking about and, and especially on that particular topic, I mean, there are a lot of people who I think don't understand cryptocurrency, including myself, by the way, but I think that there's so much, there's so much volatility in it right now and, and uncertainty and a lot of companies. And so the fact that somebody has schooled themselves become as much of an expert as you possibly can in, in an emerging field. I think that's pretty exciting. So what a, what a, what a cool choice. So thank you for sharing that. Justin, I have loved getting to know you. I I look forward to coming to uh, visit you at the post and, uh, and wearing a Monta watch and, and uh, getting to know you more. So um, next time I'm in St. Louis, you can count on that. Tell our listeners how to learn more about Monta and, and more about the post.
1: So websites are probably the easiest for both montawatch.com that's m-o-n-t-a watch.com and then com. you can find both brands on instagram and facebook of course and then you can also find me on linkedin and then there's further links to each one of those via linkedin or just pick up the phone and give me a ring phone number is on the website
0: that's awesome Justin Crodle, thank you so much for being on Enterprising today. It's so great to get to know you and, and really appreciate all the great tips and advice you've shared with our listeners.
1: My pleasure. Thanks again for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by Enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest, and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank & Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided
1: in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.